Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So thankful that you're joining us today for the Tuesday broadcast. Well, I've got breaking news for you today. And I saw this on Facebook, so you know it's going to be good. And maybe this will get you offended. Maybe this will encourage you. I'm not sure. But I want you to take it in the light that is given to you. Uh, Breaking news. Here it is. The pity train has just derailed at the intersection of suck it up and move on. And it crashed into we all have problems before coming to a complete stop at get the heck over it. Any complaint about how we operate can be forwarded to 1-800-WAH-WAH. This is Dr. Sniffle reporting from Quit Your Fussin'. Now, I hope that encourages you today to quit your fussing because we have so much to be joyful for. I want you to know if you are born again, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have Jesus and that is all you need. Somebody put it this way. You will never realize Jesus is all you need until he's all that you have. Jesus will take care of any problem that you have. Well, yesterday I mentioned a new ministry that we are praying about starting at Hickory Ridge Community Church. We are excited about the opportunities that lie before us in helping those with adults who have autism, parents who have autistic children, maybe grandparents who have autistic adult children. We want to start a day program. So if you are interested, maybe you could give us some insight. Maybe you know something about it. Uh, You know, every time the Lord calls us to do something, it seems like he calls us to do something that we would never done before, that we don't know what we're doing. So we just pray about it. We trust him. We look for open doors. We look for open opportunities. And I know there's a lot of my listeners out there who have adults that are battling autism. And maybe you're like me and my wife. Uh, my son's getting ready to turn 22, and, and we're scratching our heads and says, now what are we going to do? He won't be going to school anymore uh, after July of 2022. Uh, so what are we going to do? So our prayer is that in 2022, maybe toward the summer or the fall of 2022, that we can start a day program for adults with autism. So I need your help. I need your insight. I need your prayer. Uh, We need you to connect with us and give us your thoughts on that. And uh, maybe you can help us with this endeavor. And so give me a call at 252-267-2365, 252-267-2365. And uh, leave me a message. If I don't pick up the phone, I will call you back as soon as I can. That's my personal cell phone. And I promise you, you leave me a message, I'll call you back, okay? Well, yesterday we started part one of Lessons from Aaron and Moses. I began with this really true story of twin brothers born in Australia, Leslie and Carl. They were close. They grew up together. On their 22nd birthday, the dad disappeared. And when the dad disappeared, so didn't Carl. For 23 years, Carl was searched out by his brother, his twin brother, Leslie. And finally, on May the 5th, 2013, the police found Carl dead in Sydney. Carl had died where he had spent most of his life, the second half of his life, on the streets as a homeless person. When the police contacted Leslie, he traveled to Sydney to take his brother back home and to bury him. Much to his surprise, Leslie found a bank account in Carl's name that was worth $30,000. There was a stipulation, however. There was a stipulation on how this $30,000 could be spent. I'm going to tell you how that $30,000 was spent at the end of the broadcast. As we look at God using us in a mighty way, we are looking at the life of Moses and Aaron. Now, Aaron is a character that you may not be quite as familiar with as you are of the life of Moses. 
Aaron was three years older than Moses, and he should have been used by God more mightily because he was the oldest. I want to share four things with you today that will help you to live out the mission that God has to your fullest. Number one, you got to be clear about where God is calling you. Moses knew exactly what God wanted him to do. Secondly, you got to be content with wherever God has placed you. Listen, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't get jealous over what others are doing. God has a very special place for you. And if that is playing second chair, well, so be it. You know, the hardest person to replace is the second chair, the one who plays second chair instruments. Everybody wants that first chair. Nobody wants second or third chair. Listen, be content where God has called you. And then number three, be courageous wherever God has placed you. Speak up when God wants you to speak up. Have some backbone. And then number three, be very careful whenever God gives you authority. So number one, be clear. Moses was very clear God had called him to set the nation of Israel free from Egyptian bondage. It didn't matter where God was leading him. He was ready to go. Now, he did kind of backpedal. He did want to have some support. God gave him some support. But God wanted Moses to carry out that task. And then secondly, we talk about contentment. Be content wherever God has placed you. Now, Aaron could have been jealous of Moses. I mean, after all, you would think, Aaron being the oldest, that God would have chose him to free the nation of Israel from bondage, but he didn't. As we look at Exodus chapter 4, it says this, The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness and meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God, and he kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything that the Lord had sent him to say, and also about the signs and and all the commandments that he was to perform. Moses and Aaron were brought together, and to get all the elders of the Israelites together, And then Aaron spoke to all the elders everything that the Lord had said to Moses. Aaron also performed signs before the people. God spoke to Aaron. God spoke to Moses. And as we discover how God uses Aaron, God uses Aaron to train the elders. He wasn't the first in command, but God had a very special place in mind for Aaron. Now, what amazes me about this story is that Aaron responded quickly. As soon as God gave him a message through Moses, he responded in obedience. That is an indication that he was not filled with jealousy. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? The older brother was jealous of the younger brother. When that party was being thrown for the younger brother, the older brother goes out and he pouts. And what does the father do? He goes and talks to him. And he says, we should celebrate because this, your brother, my son, was lost but now he's found. He was dead, but now he is alive. He delayed going into that party. And from all that we can gather from the story, he never went into that party. He was not content. He was not happy with the way the younger brother was being made over. Now, as we look at this whole thing, God is using Aaron in a very special way. Moses was the head leader But God had a plan for Aaron, and Aaron was content. Now, contentment will never be found by comparison. There's a good definition of comparison. Compare, I sin. You know, you can easily find somebody who is better than you. You can also find somebody who is a lot worse than you are. 
When we compare ourselves with one another, that's not good. We actually end up sinning when we compare ourselves with each other. In Psalm chapter 23, this is the uh, famous psalm. It's called the Psalm of the Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Listen, if God is your shepherd, the Lord is your shepherd, you don't have to worry about wanting for anything. This is what he does to us. He makes us to lie down in green pastures because he knows sometimes we get so spun up, we get so worked up that we won't take the time to rest. And so sometimes he has to make us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He does the restoration of our soul and he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Be content. Wherever God has placed you, be content. Now, you've got to learn this. It's not one of these things that we automatically know how to do. Paul said, I have learned in whatever situation I find myself in, whether well-fed or hungry, uh, whether in poverty or in, in great wealth, I have learned to be content. How do you learn to be content? You learn to be content by focusing on Christ, realizing that everything that you possibly need, he will supply. All of my needs are going to be taken care of according to the riches of Christ Jesus. So if you want to be greatly used by God, you've got to be clear about how he is leading you. Look at those open doors. Look at those opportunities. And when you are 100% clear that he's leading you, then walk on through. Number two, be content. Celebrate where you are. Say, man, this is where God has me right here. You know, so many times we're thinking, well, I'll be happier in the future. When I get this done or I get that done, listen, if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy in the future. Be happy right where you are. Be content right where you are. I remember when my kids were growing up, people would always say, well, well, you you, you wait till they get to be into that terrible twos, right? That's going to be a terrible time. Well, you know, there's some new challenges when they're two years old, but I tell you what, I loved watching my kids when they were two years old. I loved watching them when they were five years old. And then people say, well, just wait till they're teenagers. They're going to be those terrible teenagers, right? And I remember my kids went through the teenage years. I don't have any teenagers in my house anymore. Praise the Lord, right? Uh, But I remember them going through the teenage years, and they were some turbulent times, but there are also some enjoyable times. Watching my kids grow, watching them develop, watching them finish high school. And uh, I'm so happy to report uh, all my kids have graduated from high school and uh, to watch them make uh, good decisions with their uh, their careers and, and good decisions with their lives. And uh, yeah, there were some rough times, but I even enjoyed when they were teenagers. And now I enjoy the stage of almost being an empty nester because uh, we'll probably have Seth with us for the rest of our lives, but, but uh, we are almost empty nesters and, and I even enjoy this time of my life. You know, learning to be content is something that you must practice, right? Instead of worrying about what you don't have, celebrate what you have. Instead of worrying about what you could do, worry about the things you've already done. Look at the things you've already done. If you look at a life of contentment, being a godly person doesn't mean you're content necessarily. Paul says godliness with contentment is of great gain. So as you think about this, it's it's an attitude of the heart. Realizing there's some things that I cannot change, there's some things that I can. I'm going to work on the things I can. I'm not going to worry about the things that I cannot. That's why I love the serenity prayer. Asking the Lord to give me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can change and the things that I cannot. Well, if you're going to be all that God wants you to be, you got to be clear, you got to be content. And then number three, you got to be courageous. 
Be courageous in whatever position God has placed you. Well, I mentioned the board game of Parcheesi. I've mentioned that we loved playing that game as I was a kid. And and my grandmother, she'd do that game forward and backwards, and and she would always win. Now, one of the reasons I think that she won, it wasn't just the luck of the dice. I think my grandmother cheated a little bit. That's what I think. I think that's how she won so many Parcheesi games. Now, she knew all the spaces, five and sevens and 21s, and she could get around that board uh, before you realize where she was. So I think she may have cheated a little bit, but she wanted to win, and uh, we had a great time playing Parcheesi. Well, there's, there's another game that's a good board game, and it's an older game. It's called Courage. Now, Courage is this, this squad-based wartime strategy game where players vie for control of the battlefield by using different troops, secret orders, and subterfuge. And, uh, and it's not a game of luck. It's a game of strategy. We have two to eight players that are playing at the same time, and uh, they're engaging from small skirmishes to, to these major epic battles, and it emphasizes the use of tactics and troop management. And as you look at this, it's not a game of luck. It's a game of strategy. It's a game of courage. You got to take some risks in order to defeat your enemy. As we think about courage, Aaron stood up with Moses because he was a man of courage. Let me give you just a couple of examples of where he did that. Here are three that I could come up with. You may be able to come up with some more. Aaron fought with Moses to fight against the grumblers. Yeah, the grumblers. Exodus chapter 16, we learned that Moses and Aaron were gathered around. They said to all the Israelites in the evening, he says, we know that the Lord brought us out of Egypt. And in the morning, we're going to see the glory of the Lord. But they were grumbling. They were grumbling against Moses. But in reality, they were grumbling against the Lord. You know that when you grumble against somebody, you're not just grumbling against that person. You are grumbling against the Lord. Look what Moses said about their complaining, right? Moses also said, this is verse number eight, Exodus chapter 16, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread that you want in the morning. You see, they were complaining they didn't have enough to eat. God gave them manna. Then they complained about how to eat manna. So God gave them meat. God heard their grumbling against him. He said, who are you? You're not just grumbling against us, but you are grumbling against the Lord. Oh, let me encourage you. Don't grumble against your spouse. Don't grumble against your pastor or other church members within the family. Why? Because when you grumble against somebody, you're actually grumbling against the Lord. Well, Aaron stood up with Moses and fought against the grumblers. Aaron also stood up and fought against the rebellion. This is an amazing story. It's called Korah's Rebellion. It's found in Numbers chapter 16. Now, the sad thing about this story is those that were involved in this rebel, uh, this, this, this rebellion, were actually family members of Aaron and Moses. We pick up the story in Numbers chapter 16, verse number 47. So Aaron did as Moses said. Here's about 250 people that are coming against Aaron, coming against Moses. And what does Aaron do? He doesn't hide in the background and say, well, Moses, you take care of this. You're the leader. No, he jumps right in the middle of it. He goes right in the middle of all of that rebels, all those rebels, and a plague had already started. God had sent a plague against this rebellion. Moses is off to the side, but Aaron's right in the middle, and he offers an incense, 
and he makes atonement for them. And verse number 48, I love this verse. Aaron is a picture of Christ. It says he stood before the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. As we think about this, God is using Aaron, this man of courage, to stop the plague. Now, after Korah's rebellion against Moses and Aaron, God performed the miracle to give confirmation to Aaron and his descendants that they were indeed chosen to minister before the Lord's presence. Twelve staffs were collected, one from each of the twelve tribes, and all of those staffs began to bud. Aaron's staff not only sprouted a bud, but it blossomed and produced almonds. Wow, a confirmation. Now, I've got a little side thing to tell you about the Ark of the Covenant. Here are the three things in the Ark of the Covenant. This is amazing. God was so impressed with how Aaron stood against the rebellion with Moses that God allowed his Aaron's staff to bud with almonds and blossom with flowers. God took that and he says, I'm going to put that in the Ark of the Covenant. When Moses built the Ark of the Covenant, there were three things in it. Aaron's staff that budded was in there. The Ten Commandments were in there. Uh, Amazing. The Ten Commandments were in there. And another miracle is in there. When God first allowed that manna to go into the nation of Israel to feed them, God says, hey, Aaron, go out and get a gold container. Get a sample of that manna, put it in that gold container, seal it, and that is also in the Ark of the Covenant. Amazing. Now, you may be wondering, where is the Ark of the Covenant today? Well, we're not sure exactly where it is or what ended up happening to the Ark of the Covenant. I should say, I believe I know where it is today. According to Revelation chapter 11, it actually mentions the Ark as being in heaven. Revelation eleven nineteen says, Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within its temple was seen the Ark of His Covenant. And there came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder on earthquake and a severe hailstorm. So John is given a picture of heaven, and he says, Lo and behold, he saw the Ark of the Covenant. Now, there's a lot of other neat things up there in heaven, and I think about the Tree of Life. You know, the Tree of Life was transplanted up to heaven as well. Now, one of the things that always has bewildered me just a little bit when we think about the fall of humanity, when Adam and Eve were placed within the garden, God gave them a choice. They had that freedom to make a choice. And God says, you can do anything you want. You can choose anything you want. But one thing you cannot do is you cannot partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know that story very well. You and I have heard that story over and over again. They made the wrong choice and sin entered humanity. But you know, also in the Garden of Eden was a tree that they did not partake of. It was called the tree of life. Why didn't they take the tree of life and partake of that? Then the test would have been over. You see, the temptation was too great and they fell. So the tree of life could no longer stay within the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve could no longer stay in the Garden of Eden because now they were cursed with sin. So God transplants the tree of life. And I believe that is also up in heaven. And it says that the river that goes through the center of heaven goes to that tree of life. Well, there's some extra bonus teaching today. But I want you to know that Aaron was a man filled with courage. He stood up with Moses against the grumblers. He stood up with Moses to fight against the rebellion. And there's one other time recorded in Scripture where Aaron became a man of courage. He stood up with Moses to fight the Amalekites. 
Ah, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Moses goes out and he checks on his troops and he discovers as they're in this battle against their arch enemy, the Amalekites, that the Amalekites are beginning to defeat the nation of Israel. Moses lifts up his hands up in the air with his staff and he begins to cry out unto the Lord. And as he has his arms up in the air, God began to bring victory. Well, this stage of Moses' life, he was well over 100 years old and his hands grew tired. So Aaron and Ur put a rock for him to sit on. And then Aaron got on one side of Moses and Ur got up on the other side of Moses and pushed his hands up into the air, one on one side, the other on the other side, so that his hands would remain steady until sunset. Oh, Aaron just jumped right in there. A man of courage. You know, we can have confidence and courage and all that we have given to us through Christ. Paul says, such confidence that we have, it is through Christ Jesus. Not that we are adequate in and of ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy comes from God. Wow, we've learned quite a few things of how to be successful. We've learned that we must be clear in the mission that God has for us. We must be content with wherever God has placed us, and we must be courageous standing up for righteousness whenever we have the opportunity. Number four, we must be careful whenever God gives us authority. Well, I've talked about some interesting games. I've talked about Parcheesi. I've talked about Don't Break the Ice. I've talked about uh, uh, the game of Courage. I also want to talk to you today about a game called Careful. Careful. Careful is a dexterity game similar to Jenga. And in the setup, the players build a bell tower that's five levels high using plastic-covered supports from the floor all the way up five stories. The game begins by each player taking one of the columns down. The different color columns have different point value system. When the tower falls over, you count up the value of the columns that you have, and the one with the most points is the winner. So as you think about that game, you got to be very careful because you want to pull out as much as you can without causing that tower to collapse. So be careful whenever God gives you authority. David Marquette said this, What happens in a top-down culture when the leader is wrong? In a top-down culture, when the leader is wrong, everyone goes off the cliff. So if God has given you this position of authority, be very careful. Now, for the remaining moments of the broadcast, we transition our story, and it's, and it's sad what happens, because we're going to be pointing out some things that Aaron would probably like to redo in his life if he had the chance. There are three catastrophes that Aaron was involved in. The first one is called what I would call the golden calf catastrophe. It's found in Exodus chapter 32. Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments on the Mount of Sinai. He's up there for 40 days and 40 nights. And as he's returning down, he meets Joshua as he's coming down off the summit. And he says to Joshua, I hear something wild happening down there. It sounds like we are in a battle. We must hurry up and get down to the camp. When they came down to the bottom of the base of Mount Sinai, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control 
and so they became a laughingstock to their enemies. What a sad story. Uh, you probably have heard the story, but Aaron goes around and collects earrings and throws it on the fire, and he makes a calf, and they begin to worship that calf. And then there's a tragedy of Nadab and Abihu, the heartbreak of, of Aaron. He had these two boys who wanted to be in the priesthood, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to the Lord's command. And, and Aaron remained silent. When he should have said something to the boys, he remained silent, and so God caused those two boys to die. And then there was the, the faith failure that Aaron had, where, where he was with Moses when they needed to have water just before they were going into the promised land. And, and Moses cries out to the Lord, and the Lord says, well, just speak to the rock. You and Aaron just speak to the rock, and water will come out. But in their anger, both Aaron and Moses struck the rock at Meribeth. As a result, God says, you have disqualified yourself from going into the promised land. Well, do you remember the opening story about Carl and Leslie? Carl died, leaving $30,000 behind. That money had to be used for the burial expenses. The entire $30,000 was used to give an elaborate funeral service for Carl. During the eulogy, Luke chapter 15 was read. My son, the father said to the prodigal son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead, he's alive again, he is lost, now he is found. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.